Good afternoon, Highland. Welcome to our afternoon lesson. I'm so thankful that we can be together here. Even though we are apart, we are still spiritually together, and we are studying from God's Word this afternoon. We are continuing our series in the book of 2 Peter. And you remember our theme is in knowing our God and our King, in light of knowing our God and our King. And so we want to continue that theme and continue the understanding of building that relationship with our God and building our relationship with our King Jesus. And so last week we talked about growing in faith, um, and there is a special formula in order to do that. And when we grow in faith in light of God our King, uh, we build that relationship and we continue uh, to be more like Jesus. And so we are looking at 2 Peter chapter 2 today, and we want to know or note that this chapter talks a lot about judgment. Now, you're not going to actually find the word judgment in the chapter, but you're going to find the concept concepts of judgment throughout. So here's the thing, though. Judgment, of course, we understand judgment to be distinguishing truth from falsehood or distinguishing uh uh, good from wrong, right? Right from wrong. But here's the thing about uh, here's the thing about it, and that is, we are not very good at making judgment calls. We are not very good at uh, calling things the way that they are, right? Um, we have differences of opinion, and we just really struggle with this concept of judging. Um, and I think that's the reason why we see that concept or God's structure of judgment throughout the Bible because we are just not very good at making judgment calls. Um, I think about uh, one of the shows that's on TV uh, in which everybody in America can vote on uh, specific singers, right? You have these singing competitions and these singing shows. And there's a show in particular that I used to watch, but I stopped watching because there was one season where I felt, and there were probably thousands of other people that felt uh, that it, this guy should have won, but he ended up losing. Uh, America voted him out. And so uh, the guy who actually won that season hardly did anything uh, with his winnings. Uh, but the guy who America voted out ended up becoming uh, a legend, if you would, uh, within the music industry. So. Um, so we're not very good at making judgment calls. Uh, something a little bit more serious than that. I think about our uh, judicial system. Um, and, and you can probably agree that we probably have a better court system than other countries. But we still have flaws. And not so much because of the laws themselves, but because of the people who are running it, right? Who are running the court systems the juries and all those things, right? How many times have you heard an innocent man be declared guilty, right? And a guilty man being declared innocent. So it happens, right? Because you have people who are making those judgment calls. So you have mistakes that are made, right? Uh, even with all the evidence in the world, you still have these. So we really have a hard time with this concept of judgment. And especially when it comes to how uh, we understand judgment from God's word, I think 
uh, we still have a difficult time. But here's the thing about God. God's judgment is always good, and God's judgment is always fair. It's always righteous judgment. And so we can appreciate that not only from this book, but other books throughout the Bible. We can appreciate God's judgment. Now, probably another great uh, book or chapter to study along with this concept of judgment along with 2 Peter 2 is Ezekiel chapter 18. And the reason for that is the same question or the same thought is brought up in that chapter. And that's basically questioning whether or not God has fair judgment. And the writer there, of course, Ezekiel would say that God does have righteous and fair judgment. Matter of fact, he says, if you do right, if a, if a, 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 a evil person or a wicked person turns away from their wickedness and does right, he will be saved, right? And then if uh, the other side of this is if a righteous person turns wicked, then they will be lost. They will die. So God has always been fair in his judgment calls. And by the way, he never takes, uh, he's never happy when people fall. He doesn't take pride when people fall. No, he sent his only begotten son, so even those who fall may have a chance at righteousness. So, again, God's righteousness, God's judgment has always been fair, has always been good, has always been right. And so, we, with understanding that, we can go into 2 Peter chapter 2. There's really three points that I want us to look at, or three sections, if you would, to this chapter. That I want us to really pay attention to. And the first one here is uh, Peter lays out for us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit who false teachers are. Now that's important. And again, we're going to put everything together here. But I just want you to understand this point that's made here in about the first three chapters. So you have a false teacher's MO. You have a false teacher's identity found here in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses or 2 Peter chapter 2 rather verses 1 through 3. So really in verse number 1 you get this idea. Uh, but false prophets also arose among the people just as there will be false teachers among you. So he was, this is a warning that these false teachers are going to come amongst their congregations amongst their flock. Who will scat, or excuse me, secretly bring in destruction, destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction? So what is a false teacher? It's one that brings destruction within a body and one who also declares or brings swift destruction to themselves. So you get these judgment words. God has already judged these false teachers. They are destructive individuals, and they bring harm not only to others, but also to themselves. So you have this false teacher uh, being revealed before them, and Peter's making sure that they understand this, right? You have the false teacher's M.O. The second point that we have here, along with this, is... That there, despite the fact that there are these false teachers that are coming amongst them, 
there's also the fact that God rescues the righteous and punishes the wicked. Even though there's these false teachers, even though there are these false ideas, even though there's judgment called upon them, God has already made this judgment call, and he will rescue the righteous, and he will punish the wicked. That's always been God's model. That's always been his justice. That's always been um, his judgment. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. And, and by the way, if you're, if you're looking through this chapter, and I, and I won't get to specific details, but if you look through this chapter, you find several examples, a few examples of God punishing the wicked, historical examples that we find throughout Scripture. Um, and then you find, in the book of Genesis rather, and then you find God rescuing, even amongst those situations where God was punishing uh, the wicked, God was also rescuing the righteous. God was also rescuing the righteous. So in 2 Peter chapter 9, or excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 2 rather, in verse 9, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. God is constantly doing this. Amongst punishing the wicked, he's rescuing the righteous. This is God and how he operates, right? The Lord knows. The Lord's already made a judgment call upon those who are righteous and those who are wicked. But here's the beauty of it. And again, going back to Ezekiel 18, you don't have to stay wicked. You don't have to stay evil. You can turn from that and become the righteous that God will rescue, that God will save. So yes, has God made a judgment call upon humanity? Absolutely. But our judgment can be different depending on us accepting God into our lives. So the Lord knows and he rescues the godly and he punishes the unrighteous. So we get a sense of false teachers in Mo. We get a sense of God rescuing the righteous and punishing the wicked. But then lastly, the righteous uh, is lastly because of the false teachers. And even though this uh, God rescues the righteous and punishes the wicked, even though sometimes the righteous will return to their wickedness. Sometimes the righteous will turn to their wickedness. Now that's completely foreign to a lot of religious groups, especially those who teach that you can never fall from grace. Well, Peter would disagree with that. Peter would say, and use scripture, other passages from the Old Testament that talk, to, that talk about a dog returning to its vomit. It is possible to go from righteous to wicked, as much as it's possible for a person to go from wicked to righteous. So look at 2 Peter chapter, chapter 2 in verse, and I'm sorry, it's not verse number 9, I apologize. But if you go later in the chapter, this is what you'll see. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world... 
through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first. So these people who escaped wickedness to now understand the Lord and his ways of righteousness, and they've been declared righteous by God, even though they've done that through the blood of Jesus, they can once again be entangled in darkness. They once again can become wicked. And notice what he says, the last state has become worse than the first. You sort of get this sense that even though, yes, God does place judgment upon people, especially in a general, a, a, a general way, there's a sense in which we can change our outcome. Not in the sense that we can save ourselves, but that we can choose. We can choose for, uh, for us to do what God asks of us to do. And then he can declare us either righteous or wicked. And so this is a person who's chosen, even though God has uh, made them righteous, this person has chosen to go back to God's wrathful judgment. So it is possible to do that. It is possible to turn away from that. So again, going back to those three points, just so we understand, there is a, uh, uh, an idea or understanding that there are false teachers among them. And they're coming into the congregation. They're coming amongst God's people. And even though they're coming amongst God's people, God has already made the judgment call. God is already going to rescue the righteous. And God is always going to punish the wicked. He does that simultaneously. And then there is still that possibility. And this is why he's warning them about these false teachers. That these people, these righteous people can return to wickedness. So what's the point of all of this and getting back to this idea of seeing things through the eyes of God, understanding and knowing in light of knowing or building our relationship with God and our King? Here's the thing. Through the eyes of God, we see right and wrong. We clearly see right from wrong according to God's image or God's vision. We can appreciate and we can understand right from wrong. We can understand that God is always right. And as long as we connect ourselves with him, we will stay righteous. But if we disconnect, which is possible, we can go back to being wrong. Through the eyes of God, we see simply right and wrong. We understand God's justice. We understand um, we understand right from wrong. And through the eyes of God, we also understand character. We understand that in God's righteousness, there is a specific kind of character that you and I have to live uh, in order to be declared righteous. And then there is God's compassion. Even though there is a judgment call that God makes, he still had compassion upon even those that he had to declare wicked. And think about this. The entire world without God is wicked. The entire world without God is wicked. And yet God sent his son so that we would have the opportunity of being righteous, being connected 
with him. So despite the fact that there is right from wrong, despite the fact that there is still a character, despite the fact that we fail to do this, God still sent Jesus. So when you see it God's way, when you see right from wrong his way, when you see character traits from his way, when you see compassion his way, then you will truly appreciate and understand righteous judgment. You will truly, completely appreciate righteous judgment through the eyes of God. So that's 2 Peter in a nutshell. We can appreciate God's righteousness. We can appreciate God's judgment. And yes, always his judgment is good. And yes, always his judgment is fair. I hope that encouraged you today to appreciate the judgment of God. And, and guess what? One day we're all going to pass from this life. One day this journey here on earth is going to be over for all of us. And guess what? We as Christians can look forward to the judgment of God because he's going to declare us, despite ourselves, he is going to declare us righteous. And amen for that. That's your lesson. God bless you. You be safe out there.